imposing grandeur, the quality or state of being impressive or awesome. The purpose of studying theology and reading books, it's it's not to gain our own intellect, but rather it is to bring us to Him. Because when you see how glorious and how holy and how majestic our Creator is, the more you worship Him. He is our imposing grandeur. Hello, Imposing Grandeur family. Can I just say it is good to be here today, even more so good to be able to continue our Fruits of the Spirit series with you all. But before we do, I just want to say, Annie and Avery, there is a nostalgia to this episode. And I don't know if you picked it up, um, but it's almost as if we've covered this topic before. Like maybe during our Advent series, perhaps. <laughs> did you guys realize <laughs> we that? We did. <laughs> so during our Attributes of God series, we actually did do an episode on God is Peace. And we will link that episode below in our show notes for your convenience. But with that said, in order to avoid redundancy, we will not be covering some of the questions that you may have in regard to peace that were already covered in that episode. So Listen up. If the following topics intrigue you, namely, what does God being a God of peace even mean? What is the peace that surpasses all understanding in Philippians 4, 7 mean? Also, how do we reconcile the overwhelming evidence of God being a God of peace in scripture? And yet he himself says, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. So all of this, plus some discussion of the narrative of Christ, as this was a part of our Advent series, meaning his birth, life, the gospel, eternity, and how peace intermingles throughout it all. Um, so just to reiterate, if these topics interest you, head on over to our God is Peace episode and learn with us over there. Um, but for now, we will be focusing on peace as it pertains to the fruit of the Spirit. So the presence of the Holy Spirit in believers' lives leading to Christ-like virtues. Therefore, with this in mind and this framework established, let's just dive right in, all right? Like, how do we define peace in Galatians 5.22? Well, I think I would start off saying just real simply that biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict or state of rest. It means completeness or wholeness, and it points to the presence of something else. So peace is a through the spirit um, and only true peace comes from the peace and the work of Christ and in him alone. Yeah, that's good. And even while um, researching this, uh, there seems to be this theme as we go through these fruits of the spirit. And I don't know if those who have been listening have caught it yet, but there's this continual theme of internality. In other words, none of these fruits of the spirit are contingent on external influences or circumstances like Avery was just saying, but rather the spirit works inwardly, not succumbing or trying to work with what we have in this natural fallen world, but rather it supersedes those circumstances working inwardly and therefore inevitably shaping the external by the internal influence. So I've noticed that to be a theme. So like it brings a sense of well-being, contentment, and wholeness to believers, whatever their outward circumstances may be. And like we were mentioning in the the joy episode, the fruits of the spirit, which was our previous attribute of the spirit, that was not external joy. It was not to be equated with the world's perception of prosperity or happiness, but it was internal. It was rooted in something so much more deeper. And likewise, this peace is internal. It is rooted in so much something so much more deeper. And uh, we talk about that a lot in our God is Peace episode too. So if you head on over there and end up listening to that, 
our peace is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's so much more bigger than having peace about, oh, should I go on a run today or should I go walking today? Like, which exercise should I do? You know, it's, we have this peace, a hope in the future of, of the world. We have this eschatological almost like foundation of peace. Exactly. And I think an important distinction in this particular episode is we are not giving the same peace that God demonstrates to us in the fact that we are reconciled between us between God, but we are the type of peace we are bringing and exhibiting as a fruit of the spirit is a result of that, not exactly like it. Right. And the same goes for joy. Like we can't what we were talking about last week, we can't physically give someone joy. We can be joyful around someone to where they question where our joy lies and same with our peace. Like, oh, wow, you know, Alexa and Annie are very peaceful people. I wonder why, like, what is that peace? It can make people question, but like Annie said, only the the work of the spirit in someone's heart can um, truly sanctify them and lead them to have and exhibit the fruits of the spirit peace. Yeah, it's truly uh non-humane i guess you know like there have been believers throughout the past year oh man like let's just look at the the dude who wrote the hymn it is well with my soul like i wish i had looked up does anybody know the story to that i I should have totally looked that up annie do you know the story can you tell it because i i could recite it but i feel like i'm just gonna butcher it like i want to give it it justice well I'll give a little shout out here to Adventures in Odyssey. That's okay. why I know the story. Um, but Horatio Spafford, I believe is his name. Um, his They were traveling, which maybe one of y'all remember, Think to, to England, a different country. Maybe? And he, he, yeah, some England or the colonies, something like that. Um, and his children and his wife went ahead of him on a boat and there was a huge like accident or a storm all of the daughters died except the wife the wife survived and then as they were traveling the same route again but Horatio and his wife as they passed over the area where his daughters perished he wrote the song it is well with my soul which that context you know it's just like Uh, That's really, that takes, that's true act of God to give somebody the peace in that moment to where witnessing where their daughter, his daughters perished to be able to write such profound God honoring words. That is so crazy. And it made me think of, uh, there is just so many other stories like that. Like I was listening to a sermon when John Piper was talking about Graham Staines, which I don't know if you guys know about him, but he was an Australian missionary to India and he was working with the lepers of the community for like over a decade and was doing so much good in India while also sharing the gospel. And a Hindu fundamentalist group um, burned Graham Staines and his two sons, Philip and Timothy, they burned them alive while they were sleeping in their car and in the middle of the night. And so when they found when they ended up finding the remains of their bodies, they found them all like hugging each other in their car, like just grasping mm-hmm. onto each other. And so it's like stories like that where it's like it moves your heart. But then his wife, Graham Stain's wife and his daughter, who was like, I think, 13 or 14 at the time when he died, um, the wife uh, published it or like she was getting interviewed by all these like newspapers and um, news outlets from India and they were all wanting w- to hear what her take was and what she thought and like if there was any anger or bitterness in her heart and she said 
I have no angst or animosity towards those in India. All I wish is that they come to know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And then asking the daughter what she thought about all of this, she literally said, um, I praise God that he counted my dad worthy to die for him. Like that he counted, that he gave him the honor to die for him. And I'm just, I think about this, this characteristic piece and how our whole world could be following, following apart. And yet that peace in our heart of this is not our home. We have a home so much greater. This is not, the world is not our peace. Christ has come and given us this peace of one day he will bring justice. One day he will bring restoration and reconciliation. Like there is so much more than this, what we see. And so I think that that this attribute, all of the attributes, of course, because they're all the fruits of the spirit. But I think um, this is such a fruit of the spirit. Like you can just see God working in his people by giving them this peace that surpasses truly all understanding. Nobody can understand it. Um, so, yeah. Right. And like you said, all of these are wonderful attributes, obviously, because they're all fruits of the spirit. But I think this one in particular which as we go through further down our list of fruits of the spirit, this may not be the case, but right now this is something that I don't think the world can fake as easily as having like joy or love mm. because I mean like you, this year has been just insane and when true trials and tribulation and just hard stuff comes along, people don't, there's no point in faking peace. And mm-hmm. so I think that's especially why it it's highlighted so much for me that it's a gift of the spirit because you you can't have fake peace. Like no one I've never met somebody that pulls that off. So Yeah. It's just just an observation, not necessarily a fact, but Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess going off of the um outward demonstration of having peace um brings us to our next question. Is peace something that you feel or is it more of an outward demonstration? So I know we talked about joy being a feeling, but then also a command in scripture. So curious as to what your guys' thoughts are on like the demonstration of peace versus feeling peace. So I think it's the exact same as joy. Like you're going to feel peace because we know that Christ says, peace I leave with you. And so That is a Mm -hmm. gift of God, and when you are becoming more like the Son, God is a God of peace. And so that you can go back to our previous episode to like Lex has mentioned a few times to hear all of that. But also, there are multiple commands throughout the New Testament in 2 Corinthians, which I'll link all of these in the show notes, to um, live peacefully among one another. And the apostles would not command that if it were not something that was possible. Mm. So yeah, it is a inward feeling that like you were those examples you gave Alexa of um, that man's wife who spoke to the Indians about what they did to her husband and stuff like that is an inward peace that is felt mm. and demonstrated outwardly in how she acts. So, right. Yeah. And I think it can be, um, hard to, I guess, make sense of like, how does this look practically in our own life? Like we might not be experiencing trials as like our family members, you know, being burned for being 
um, followers of Christ or persecution in that way. And, you know, we, we know we're promised um, trials and we know that will come, but there's ways that we can apply our peace that we have that surpasses all understanding in our day-to-day life to where people question where our peace comes from. And I think we can do that in our day-to-day conversations with people. You know, maybe something small happens that's frustrating and someone's like, oh, I just, I'm so sorry that that's happening to you. And instead of just being like, yeah, I know it stinks. I'm just so upset. You know, we can say stuff like, I I know that God is in control and I can have peace with that. And I know that I can trust him. Just like little tidbits throughout your conversation sprinkled to where people are like, hmm, they didn't respond the way that I expected or maybe the way that I would. Um, And just showing people and praying that we would also turn our hearts to instead of running to our fleshly anxieties and fear first when something happens, instead seeking the peace of Christ, turning to prayer, turning to scripture, um, and physically doing that so that those around us can see that we are living in light of that peace that the Spirit has placed in our hearts. Yeah, that was really good. And I guess leads me to ask this next question. Um, Say somebody here, or not here in this this podcast recording, but say there's somebody listening and they're thinking, I don't have peace. I don't have this peace that they keep talking about. I I think I'm a believer. I don't know why I wouldn't feel peace. Um, is there a reason for that? Is there a lack of peace when, say, somebody's continuing in sin, like we had talked about with the um, Fruit of the Spirit Joy episode? You know, there's this, there's this situation and position that you can put yourself into where you do not get joy because you are practicing and or living in sin. So would this be the same for peace? Yeah, I would say that could definitely be a contributing factor to that is like Avery said, if you the, your first inclination and action that you do in, let's say, breaking news of the coronavirus, you run to Facebook and read to read all the articles and you're fueling that fear of what's to come. Mm-hmm. That's sinful. And um but in those instances, if you turn to the word and you are praying fervently, Lord, I, I believe in you. I believe in the gospel. I believe that this world is not my own, but I am so scared right now. Please give me that peace that surpasses all understanding. Allow me to glorify you and also demonstrating that peace outwardly to others so that I might share of your goodness and your sovereignty and your control those it's in those moments that you're going to have to decide because peace may not come naturally to you it is a work of the spirit and that is a muscle that has to be worked that's not something that just one day you wake up and you're this like full sunbeam full of peace like <laughs> that is a muscle that must be worked you must be conditioned to run mm. to the word and pray in the in times of calamity mm. i love that annie and it reminded me of a quote that i found that I really loved that said certain attitudes can destroy the peace of God. And I was like, whoa, that's so true because Mm -hmm. certain heart attitudes that we have when we take on our fleshly sin and we have that attitude, it destroys the peace of God that we could have clung to instead. Um, And the rest of the quote says, when we equate trust with the assumption that God will give us whatever we want, we set ourselves up for disappointment. The Bible is filled with examples of the opposite happening to God's people. As we see in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, Hebrews 11, 13, 
13, Psalm 10.1, trust means we have set our hearts to believe God, whatever may happen. When we insist on being in control, we sabotage God's desire to let us live in peace. When we choose worry rather than faith, we cannot live in peace. And Jesus warned us often about fear and worry in Matthew 6, um, Luke 12, Philippians 4, 6. Worry is the enemy of peace, and God invites us to cast our cares upon him and then let go of them in 1 Peter 5, 7. And I loved the second part that said, living in peace can be compared to the petals of a flower unfolding in the morning sunlight. The petals of peace in our lives unfold as we learn more about God. We discover that his character is always faithful. We experience his continual goodness. We read more of his promises as we see in Psalm 105, 115. Isaiah 26, 4, we learn to bask in his overwhelming love for us. As we see in Romans 8, we refuse to allow ever-changing circumstances to determine our level of commitment, relying instead upon the character of God that never changes. James 1 in Malachi 3, 6. Um, And that was just super convicting to me because I feel like so often my attitude can destroy the peace of God and um, can totally change what I'm looking at and make myself dwell more in my fleshly desires and sins rather than resting in the peace of Christ that's available to me. Yeah, for sure. I was, while you're even talking about that, I was just kind of doing a reflection on my own life and realizing the times that I have had little to no peace is the times in which I'm focusing way too much on myself and what I can do and what I am putting on my own shoulders to do. I mean, I just look back at my college career in general. I've been to three different colleges, and with that comes transferring and making even the decision to go to a different school. And um, all three decisions, I have felt God's peace in my life of this is where I need to go. But like leading up to that point, not knowing where I should go next, you know, like, or if I should go or if I should stay, you know, like that uncertainty, that expecting myself to figure everything out and like, well, does this credit transfer here? Or what about financial aid? Like, I can't go to this school. It's way too much money. But like, what do I do if I can't? You know, and all these worries that I feel like I focus on and hyper focus on of like all just the minor details and things like that. But then when I transfer it over to the Lord, you know, like roll it off of myself onto him, that is where true peace comes. Because I realize and I remind myself, like Annie was saying, it is a spiritual muscle. I remind myself because I'm so forgetful. I'm not in control. I'm not, this is not my responsibility to um, be this control freak of my life because I'm not in control of my life. And I know who is, and I know that he is a God of peace and he is in control and he will lead. Um, and I must be obedient when he does lead, you know, and just take the next step. But, um, I think that's something for us all to really just reflect on the moments in which we do not feel peace. How much of the focus are you putting on yourself and how much are you giving to God? Um, because surely if he can sustain the universe, he can sustain you. And just remembering that, knowing who he is as the creator God and who you are as a finite being. Exactly. And, um, in addition to that, which this is all almost circular is that's why you have to know theology, which is the study of God. You Mm -hmm. have to know the attributes of God. You have to know the promises of God because otherwise, your mind is saturated with the world. Mm-hmm. And who do like 
we say turn to the word, turn to God during these times where you feel worry and fear creeping in. But it's like if you have no foundation in those game time moments where you need the word of God, you, you're starting from scratch. So mm-hmm. don't do that to yourself. Start now. Start today. If you don't start when you feel great, when you're on a mountaintop and start learning the promises of God, start learning who God is so that that is there to sustain you in those moments where you're overcome with fear and worry. But yeah, I love everything both of you said, Alexa, especially how you were like when we, I often feel most worried and scared when I'm focusing on myself and my limited knowledge of the situation that's going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, limited knowledge, keyword. All the knowledge that we have is the knowledge of the past and what we have today. We don't know mm-hmm. anything about the future. The future is not promised to us. It's not guaranteed to us. And if we are focusing on that truth from a standpoint of not having a sovereign God, that is terrifying. But we're focusing on that truth, knowing that we have a God who is above time, who knows everything, who wants our good, who is a God of peace, who is, you know, like it, it's it's comforting. Um But Annie, you made a really good point. Um, We're not going to like we have to be rooted and grounded in scripture. And that's where the study of theology comes in, like literally the study of God, just studying God. And you study God through his word, through scripture. So I guess to close this before we get to our IG hot seat, I just want to ask you guys practically, where do we begin? Like if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, yes, I agree. I know that I have to do this. Yes, God's promises. But also there's so many God's, like so many promises of God in scripture. Where do I start? What's a practical way for me to start today? You're saying I have to start today. So what do I do? Um, so what are your thoughts? So it's funny because I I mean, I was here in Kentucky. So it's been within the past two years, probably closer to about two years ago, Um I had this thought. I was like, we always talk about the promises of God. And I was like, uh, what does that mean? And so yeah. I literally Googled what are the promises of God, found a reliable source I trust, John Piper at Desiring God. And I typed out every single verse that was a promise of God in its context. I think that's important. You don't want to pull out something random and right. be like, God's going to give me all this prosperity because mm. you've probably missed the mark if that's what you're interpreting it as. And um, so I just typed them out into a Word document and printed it out and hung it up. And I read it every night before I went to bed. Because in that season of life, that was just something that I truly needed. And I am so thankful to have that foundation now because uh, not to say that I don't still struggle in my flesh with like being scared or fearful of things, but it is a lot easier to quickly turn around and trust in the Lord now that I know what I'm trusting in. Uh, so I love that Annie and I think too um, looking inward to what is easiest for you to like lay those truths on your heart and to bind them around your neck if you're a more audio um, learner like listen to music that have these scripture in them or um, listen to your bible apps that um, can repeat them to yourself anything that's going to help you learn more Um, I know I'm a more visual learner, so like typing something out is harder for me. I have to like write it down and I have to like when I write it down, I can remember it more than when I type it or when I hear it. And so for me, um, about the same time, I remember you doing that, Annie. I think I wrote some like maybe the ABCs promises of God down. I'll have to see if I can find it. Um, And if I did, it, it should be in our show notes. But I 
wanted to memorize those, never did, maybe got halfway. But um, that's something that I would love to do more is just like writing down scripture. And even if you just like put it in a waterproof little um, baggie and put it in your shower or put it on your bathroom mirror in your cabinet or whatever you open every day and you look at it, um, it doesn't have to be for, you know, forever, but just put it in a place where you look at it and you're reminded I should be memorizing this or just take one verse and start one verse at a time and memorize two verses a month, whatever that helps you bind those things around your neck. It doesn't have to be, you know, some crazy cold turkey habit, but just start somewhere and start doing it. And you'll see that you remember those truths. And when those moments do come, those truths will arise and you will be able to recite them and bind them on around your neck and just be encouraged from them. Yeah, that's really good, Avery. And kind of going off of what you guys just said, just, I mean, we have to have an internal inventory check every episode, right? I feel like I bring it up every single episode. And whenever we start selling merch, we're going to sell a a shirt that says, have you had an internal inventory check today? Um, (laughs) It's all about the heart. (laughs) I know it is. Check yourself uh, before you you wreck yourself. Uh, But anyway, Um, with that being said, um, just wanted to point out in Romans 8, 6, it says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And then furthermore, we've been referencing Philippians 4, 6 and 7, um, which is do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then verse 7 and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. But I wanted us to focus on verse 8 for a second, which is, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, is if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And going off of Romans 8, 6, For the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. So internal inventory check for this episode. What is your mind set on? And our minds are very unique in the sense that we can set our mind on something. Like I set my hand down on this desk. We can think about something all day. You ever get a song stuck in your head and it's just going on and on and on in your head? Set your mind on on what is said in Philippians 4 verses 8. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I wanted to say that because you can memorize verses. You can you can look and read the, ver- the promises of God every single night, which I think is awesome. But if you are doing that at night or in the beginning of your day, but then throughout the day you are setting your mind on the world, you will not have peace. And what does that mean? What does setting your mind on the world even mean? Um, Take what Annie said, for example. If you're seeking out things like the coronavirus outbreak, like what's the next? Oh, there's a new virus. There's a new pandemic. There's, uh, you know, the list could go on and on. And I don't have to be very creative in making things up because we're surrounded by it every single day. There are so many things that you can go out of your way to get anxious about, you know? And um, so, Making that an effort to go out of your way and focus on the promises of God, but not only reading them to yourself, practicing it. What does this promise of God, how does this affect my life? How can I live like this is affecting my life? Because it's one thing to read something and, or memorize it even, but like practicing it, doing it, like we've been saying, it's it's an active um, participation. It's not passive. Um, so I just wanted to say that mm-hmm. those two verses really stood out to me and um, I mean, we got to have an internal inventory 
inventory. Oh, I can't even say <laughs> And we got to have an internal inventory check. So I, it was, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> no, you're right. We have to have that every episode. Um, just yeah. like Wayne Grudem was to our <laughs> yes. of God series. This is our fruit <laughs> of the spirit one. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just wanted to add to um, surround yourself with godly women and be involved in a godly church have godly counsel because in those moments where you are starting to slip away, that's really important. I, whether these ladies here have directly called me out or indirectly reminded me of the truth of God's word, that is such a huge encouragement in my life and seek those relationships out, get plugged into your church, um, go out of your way to do that so that you can have those deep uh, spiritual relationships with one another and you don't fall weary and or get caught up in conspiracy theories or whatever you might mm-hmm. be struggling with. So, yeah, for sure. And I honestly think that a lot of the application we're going to do for each episode of the fruit of the spirit could be applied to each of the fruits of the spirits. Like, <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know, like it goes on and on. We need this application factor of practicing it, you know, um, knowing the promises of God and actively participating in knowing that, believing that and um, doing it. Um, But because we have run out of time for today and um, I have loved this discussion so far, um, I unfortunately don't have an IG hot seat question that goes with the topic, but it's an interesting one nonetheless, and I'm really curious as to what you guys will say. And so the question is, would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or fly 10 miles per hour? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, Definitely run. Okay, but why? Because... What, flying 10 miles an hour that's the lamest thing i've ever heard that's basically just floating through space i would want to like be i would want to do something like exciting you know but and like be- yeah i could see that but imagine the the scenery from flying <laughs> yeah but think about how many times i need to do something quickly and be there fast where now i can do that you know annie i I'm a stop and smell the roses kind of gal. So I'm thinking, okay, but you do bring up a good point. Like, I feel like it, running 100 miles per hour would be more efficient, but flying would be more pleasurable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we do have a valid argument here. But Avery, what would you say? Um, when you said that, I instantly thought flying just because I think being like a drone, you'd be super slow and you'd be like a drone. <laughs> it's funny because it would be. It would be like yeah. the drone speed. But you would get to like <laughs> go, you know, imagine like hiking to a waterfall and you're like, I want a better view of this. And you just like rise up from the ground and just like fly over it and then come back down. You see, see, my first my first thought was hiking too, but not not in the sense of I would hike and then fly. I would I would fly instead of hiking. <laughs> and then I would use where I was to then get a better view. So <laughs> Well, hey, we have good arguments all around then. That's yeah, I true. think I think so too. I I guess if I were to decide on something, probably to fly because I just love like I think it'd be so cool to see the world from a different view. Um Yeah. And if I need to get somewhere fast, I can just get in my car and drive. I'm not like, you know, I don't know. We'll see. You're going to drive 100 miles per hour? <laughs> don't tell the cops. <laughs> speed is my middle name, Avery. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not a speed racer. I am not. Let that be on public record. 
uh, for everyone listening. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for your input in that very important question. But more so, thank you for your input in this entire discussion. I've really appreciated um, getting to converse with you guys. And hopefully, if you're listening to this, you were encouraged. Um, I know that I was, as I am every single episode. Um, and plot to us, we don't do this episode for you. We do it for us. <laughs> because Actually, we do it for God's glory. Oh, wow. I'm convicted. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's that's absolutely true. We, we do not do this for ourselves or for you guys. Uh, we do it for the glory of God, um, which actually reminds me of a funny story. I remember my dad was at a church or whatever, and he was like, he thanked like the sound booth guy or whatever. And he's like, Hey, thanks for, thanks for doing what you do. Like, we really appreciate you, you know, kind of just trying to encourage people that are normally overlooked. Um, but that play yeah. a big part in like product, like producing like the service and stuff. And so he was like, Hey, thanks for doing it. And he looked at my dad and he was like, he's like, I don't do this for you. My dad was just so caught off guard. He was like, I'm trying to be nice to you. I guess that's the last time I do that. But he was like, he's like, uh, oh, and he was like, I mean, I do it for God. I don't do it for you. And he's like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, of course. It's just like, he created Still, like, thank you. the tension between. So I guess, moral of the story, don't compliment the sound booth people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so stereotypical. But anyway, we will see you guys on our next Fruit of the Spirit episode, which is patience. Wow, I guess love, joy, peace, patience. Yeah. So I know we all could use a little bit more patience. I mean, we could all use a little bit. Let me rephrase that. We could all use a little bit more of the Holy Spirit making us more Christ-like. How about that? That sounds good. Yes. Talk about that on a shirt. Yes. Oh, man. We just need to open up a merch merch line now. (laughs) We've got all these shirt ideas. (laughs) Look out, world. Comment below if you're interested. (laughs) Yeah. Or better yet, just give us money. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. But anyway, before this becomes a dumpster fire, um, we're just going to end it here. So join us on our next episode where we will be talking about the fruit of the spirit, patience. See you guys then. Bye.